the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving and storage studios, this is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm George Campbell, host of the Fine Print and Entree Leadership Podcast, joined by best-selling author Christina Ellis this hour, and we're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. You jump in, we'll talk about life, money, debt payoff, budgeting, building wealth, and so much more. Benny is kicking us off this hour in Seattle. Benny, welcome to the show. Hi there, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks well, for having me on the show. appreciate you listening and calling. Yeah, welcome. What's going on with you? Hey, so um, my question is, is we uh, borrowed some money from my annuity a couple years back, um, put down on a house. We had the 10%, but we wanted the 20 to avoid the mortgage insurance Mm -hmm. and so now uh we have we're about halfway through that we got about eighteen thousand five hundred left to pay off and uh we're kind of wondering if we should pay it off so we got about fifty some thousand dollars in savings right now and uh so we could pay it off in full but with the market right now, we're kind of like hesitant because it's just not doing really well. And so that's where the money would end up going. And we get like 5% right now on this money that we're paying monthly back to that loan. Mm-hmm. So that will create a monthly income? Well, yeah. So the annuity is just for when I retire. Um why, why did you jump into We're the annuity kind of, to begin with? Well, uh, so my annuity is from my work. So it's through my job. I get uh, an hourly amount of money put towards it. It, it comes to about $1,100 a month. Okay. So if you paid this eighteen five today, what would it do for you financially? Um, it would just go into that annuity account. And, um, well, right now it'd start to lose money. Um, but like I said, we listened to the show and, and you guys are pretty adamant about putting that money into the market, even though it's, it's not doing well right now. Yeah. It's similar to borrowing against your 401k, correct? Right. Okay. Yes. So if this was a 401k loan, we would say, go ahead and pay it off today, regardless of what the market's doing. And so you've got 50k. I mean that still leaves you with what 315 in cash. Right. And that's your emergency fund and plus a little more. So yeah, uh we have 35,000 in our emergency fund. Oh, that's 18, separate. 18,000 in savings and 4,000 4, in checking. Oh, okay, that what that's what makes up the 50k. Right. Yeah. I'm paying off that uh, the annuity loan today and being done with that. And if you need to restock a little bit to get you back to a good place uh, with the emergency fund, which it doesn't sound like it should, uh, it sounds like you should still have plenty for three to six months of expenses. Right. Yeah, I mean, it. it's just we're like, with our budget right now, we aren't quite making it. And we're trying to cut uh, some corners, you know, and... and Is it an income problem or is it an expense problem? It. It's kind of, it's an income problem. Uh, right now, my wife, she she 
lost her job and she just got a new one back. But we've been living in the red for probably about four months now. And how have you been surviving to dig into our savings? Well, just off of my money and our savings. I mean, uh, the money that I've been getting paid monthly okay. with our bills, we're, we're, we're probably about 1200 in in the red right now. So we're trying to... But to you're not touching with, debt to do that. You're just draining your savings, essentially, to survive. Yes. Okay. And, yeah. and with your wife's new job, will your income be right back at a spot where you can afford your payments, you can afford your budget? Um, I think it's it's going to put us closer if we can get this paid off. Um, I just, we, we just got a few more things we're going to have to, to carve out, but this is the big one. And this is the one we just aren't sure about, you know, it's, it's kind of scary investing or throwing money in and watching it just go, go down. But it's also kind of scary feeling like you owe something. Like I can feel the weight and the heaviness in your voice. Like that's, one of the things you're like, with this payment I have to make towards this, it feels kind of, you know, heavy. We can't really afford that. So it's like at least getting that out of your life now and finishing with that 18.5, that's done. And then you can focus on rebuilding that savings. Is that all the debt you have is the 18.5? No, it's not. Um, so we have uh, a solar loan. Oh, man. It is 115 What was the total loan so, you took out for that? It was like 37000 No wonder you guys are feeling tight. You got payments everywhere. What else do you have? Well, all our vehicles are paid off. Okay, um, good. So we don't have any of those. We just have our mortgage that's about three grand. Oh, man, that's high. What's your take-home pay? So um, after taxes, I make about 1800 a week. Okay, but with your wife's new job, what's what's your new household take-home pay? Um, so yeah, we're probably going to be probably around $400 more. So you're probably looking at like 20, 2200 a month or a week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So at 2200 yeah. a week, that puts you guys at, let's see, about 114 take home pay. Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. Yep. Okay. So the issue I'm seeing here is that's a you've got quite a hefty mortgage even compared to your take home pay. Right. Cuz you split that into, you know, 3k into 9500, which is what your monthly take home pay, and you're talking 32%. Now that's not the only thing that's stealing from your paycheck here. It's also the solar loan and the annuity and all these different things. And so I'm going to put you guys onto every dollar premium so that you guys can start to do a monthly written budget uh, you can use the app. You can do it online. And I want you to do this together as a couple. And once you do that and everything is listed, income minus expenses equals zero, go through every expense and go, are we doing as best as we can on this expense? Can we cut it? Can we do our research? Can we get this insurance premium down? Can we cut eating out this month? Right now, you guys have to find that traction and get back in the black. Would you agree? Right. Yeah, okay. totally. Well, I, I hope that helps, Benny. I know things are tight right now, and that's one of the things that makes me so angry about debt is you look up and you go, we're making great money. Where is it all going? And it's going to lenders so that they can make big buildings and sponsor stadiums while you're over here wondering how you're going to put food on the table next week. So let's get all of this debt out of our lives. The solar is next, and then later on we can deal with the mortgage. 
But hang on the line. Austin's going to pick up. We're going to gift you one year of Every Dollar Premium, as well as Financial Peace University, our nine-lesson uh, course that you can watch with your wife to get fired up about getting out of debt and building wealth. Thanks for the call, Benny. This is The Ramsey Show. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her social security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at George Campbell joined by Christina Ellis this hour. This is The Ramsey Show. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. You jump in, we'll talk about your life and your money. Houston, Texas is where we go next. Matt joins us there. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, how you uh, doing? i got a question. Good, good, good. Got a question. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, my mother recently passed away. Oh, sorry and, to hear that. And Well, thank you. Uh and my siblings and I are going through the process of going through her IRAs and cash. And after it's all said and done, I stand to inherit around uh, around ninety thousand dollars. Okay. Around seventy-two thousand of that is going to be in an IRA, um, in a four hundred one k. And I have been advised to open up in the inherited IRA aspect. My question is, should I take that IRA that I'm inheriting and cash it out and pay off my mortgage? Or should I take the required minimum distribution over several years for the, for the taxes? I'm just, I'm very confused about how to do this. Mm. Now, was this a traditional IRA or was it a Roth? Yeah. Both were no, traditional? traditional. Okay. Yes, sir. And have you looked into the tax implications of cashing this out? Well, I, 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 from my understanding, it's going to be at my tax rate, which is 24%. Okay. And so factoring so that in, around, are you able to pay off the house? Just about. What's left it, on the mortgage? I may, I may be, I'm sorry? What's left on the mortgage? Uh, 74000 Okay. And I have about four, I have about four years left on that mortgage. Do you have any other debts? No. And no, fully funded emergency fund? 
I have I have almost, but I but with the cash that's coming from the inheritance is why I planned on even cushioning the emergency fund. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I know my plan if I'm in your shoes and I'm going to fill up that emergency fund and use the rest to pay off the house. And and take the initial hit on the taxes yeah. right away? Okay. Yeah, you've done a really good job with your money. The fact that you have no other debt and that this inheritance could wipe out your mortgage, I mean, very close to wipe out your mortgage is, is amazing. And personally, I mean... It's obviously not the most ideal way to get money. That is so sad. But also, it's just an amazing way to honor your mother to have that leave leave that legacy with that money where you wipe out your mortgage, you're debt-free after that. That's what I'm doing. That's a great place to be. And I still would talk to a tax advisor anytime you have a, a big chunk of money coming in. There's a, a few people I want to make sure I talk to and get some second and third opinions. One is a tax pro, and another is a financial advisor. And so you can reach out to both of those at RamseySolutions.com. We've got tax pros. We've got smart investor pros on the investing side. And uh, I'd walk through your plan with them and see what they think about it. But on my end, other than the tax uh, implications, this is going to be worth it because you're not having to pay your mortgage anymore. You're going to be saving on the interest you are paying on that mortgage. So there's a lot of benefits to that. And now you can use that money instead towards building wealth. Okay. That's that's kind of the way I was leaning. I was just, I I, I got saw that tax bill and I thought, oh gosh. You know, yeah, I, I mean, know definitely was. keep that money set aside for come tax time. Don't go do anything rash okay. with it. But uh, as long as it's, the money's there, I mean, it's not like there's a, you, you have this money coming in from the IRAs. And so it's not really like you're having to pony up yourself. It's just going to, they're taking a cut and they're going to anyways, right. eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, I mean, the, that's sort of the way I'm looking at it. They're either going to get it all up front or they're going to get it incrementally when I have to take it out. Exactly. So, so that's okay. what I'm doing. I mean, it's going to set you up for freedom a lot faster. So I, I see this as a, as a huge blessing and an incredible legacy left. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate the call, Matt. All right, Zach is up next in Richmond, Virginia. Zach, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, what's going on with you? So my question is, I am a recent college graduate who um, has a decently paying full-time job at 62 k a year, and I also have... Um, Still a car loan and student loan debts of about forty-five thousand, and my question is, what should I do as far as my finances over the next couple of years to get those paid off? And should I invest in retirement already, and so on? Sure. How old did you say you were? Twenty-two. Twenty-two, making sixty-two k. What kind of work are you in? Uh, financial analyst. Oh, cool. Okay, so you're a numbers guy, right? Yep. You got to stare at numbers all day long, which means you you know how this works with your debt and your interest and your paychecks. This is not anything new to you. That is correct. Are you currently on a budget? Um, I don't have a personal budget, but I do use the Rocket Money app, uh, formerly Truebill, to track my spending and income. Okay. Well, the so I you know I've used those apps in the past. Before I knew Dave, I was like, well, I'm doing great because I'm tracking it. The problem is when you don't plan for it up front, you're just seeing what happened. You're just looking at the past instead of actually planning for the future and sticking to it. So I'm going to do you a favor and gift you one year of every dollar premium so that you can begin to make a plan for that money as well as track it. And the goal is to stay within your, your budget categories. And it usually takes people about three months to dial this in. 
But what happens is you start to pay attention to where every dollar is going and you start to get angry and go, why am I spending so much money? Oh my gosh, I'm just bleeding out in this area eating out. I need to cut back on that. And so I think that will help you make a plan for every uh, one of these dollars coming in. So how many debts do you have if you parse them all out? You said you got student loans um, I and think loan. my student loans break into like 17 different ones. Wow. That, it's just a car loan and a revolving credit card that I pay off every month. Okay. So step number one, if you want to join the club of weirdos, you got to cut up the card. Does that bother you? Um, Could you stick to a debit card? Yeah, I really only use it for the cash back. I don't know. I treat it like a debit card already. What's the cash back on there? 2%. Okay. On everything. What if I told you by doing a budget, you're going to give yourself 2% cash back by making wiser decisions? Would you believe me? I can see it. Because that 2%, I mean, yes, how much How you. much are you really spending a year making 62K that you're putting on the card? Um, uh, that's a great question. I maybe maybe $20,000. So. That's if you're going crazy. 20 grand on the card. Sound fair? Yeah, probably what two hundred dollars. That's four hundred dollars if you get two percent cash back. That's four hundred grand, one hundred percent. I could make you four hundred bucks easier this month, just by with wise spending and and side hustles. So, if you're willing to go and be that crazy, cut up the card, use a debit card, and list out your debts from smallest to largest, and then we're gonna attack the little one first. So that smallest student loan is probably what a grand. Mm-hmm. And so that one's gonna get knocked out quick. Do you have any money in the bank? Yeah. Uh, I've got about 6000 Oh, awesome. Well, this gives us a head start. And again, part of this plan is doing some weird stuff. And so baby step one is a $1,000 starter emergency fund. You have that. But that means the rest of that 5000 would go towards those student loans and probably knock out the first few bunch, right? Mm-hmm. I also might be able to take advantage of the Biden administration student loan forgiveness. We'll see if that actually happens. Sure. Yeah, we wouldn't necessarily count on that, but if we should know soon. They're supposed to they said by next week, October seventeenth, we should have a little bit more information. But they said. But well, they also hope. said the beginning of the month, so it keeps getting pushed back. T B T. Feels like your dad uh, being like, son, I we're gonna I'm gonna take you to Disney. For it. I was next not week. banking on that at any point. Sure. Well, I did this uh, 30-day trial. An older woman called in uh, maybe about a month or two ago, and she did a 30-day trial. She believed me and said, I'm gonna try using a debit card instead of my credit card and see if it changes my money behavior at all. And she called us back and she said, you'll never believe it. I saved so much money by not using the credit card. And part of it was the psychology of that cash back. And part of it was, it's my money and I'm going to treat it differently than someone else's money. Mm. And so I'm, I'm rooting for you, Zach. Hang on the line. We're going to gift you one year of every dollar premium and we'll throw in Financial Peace University to give you uh, the exact plan you need to do to get rid of this debt and finally start building real wealth. But man, at 22, making 62K, you're going to knock this debt out. Call us back and maybe you can do a debt-free screen. That'd be fun. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. 
Our question of the day comes from Blinds.com. Find out for yourself why they are the number one online retailer of custom window covering. You get free samples, free shipping, and with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Use promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question comes from JC in Utah. My wife and I are on baby step two with $148,000 in debt. My wife, who uses a wheelchair, works from home, and we have a nanny that takes care of our children while she's working. After reading Total Money Makeover and listening to the podcast, I'm fired up and ready to knock this debt out. My wife is not 100% on board and would like me to be less intense. With little time for herself, she's enjoys splurging on takeout and designer coffee, and she thinks ordering takeout one to two times a week is okay. We use every dollar and can budget for these expenses, but I keep hearing you in my head saying sacrifice. Part of the challenge is I've done FPU and she hasn't. Should I slow down and wait until we are on the same page or keep pushing on my own? Oof. Oh, that's tricky. Yeah, this is a lot more relational than it is financial. We don't have a lot of numbers here other than they have a giant pile of debt at $148,000. No clue how much they make. It could be sixty. It could be three hundred. But it doesn't matter because the point of this is that his wife is not on board. She hasn't done FBU. She doesn't get it. Right. And we don't know how these conversations have gone so far. So has, you know, has JC come in with a really honest and upfront conversation that was calm and rational? Or has it been kind of whiny and naggy? That's kind of hard because like we all Dave to- said we got to get right. out of debt. You can't eat. And now his wife sees Dave's name as a cuss word. <laughs> like, yep, that's what happens. We, yeah, we often recommend, you know, you want this to be an adventure and an exciting thing. And, you know, a lot of times somebody, one spouse gets so on board and they're just like, yes. And they go so hard that they kind of scare off the other spouse. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Pro tip, guys. <laughs> never, never use that approach of going through FPU by yourself, first of all. Because then they have no idea what you're talking about. And you're just coming in yelling, got to be gazelle intense. Dave said we can't eat out. <laughs> That's not going to work. And so, JC, number one, get her to go through FPU with you. If she's unwilling to do that, it tells me there's probably some deeper marital problems here that may require some counseling to go, hey, we can't even talk about money without it being a blow-up fight. And this is a deeper issue. Yeah. And I mean, women tend to be wired for relationships and security. So, you know, come at that conversation with, you know, your heart for helping secure the family finances for the future. I mean, $148,000 in debt, that's a lot of debt that really puts you guys in a vulnerable position. So I just think you could frame that conversation in a way that really speaks to her heart that lets her know, hey, I'm not just trying to do this to make you give up your coffees and take out. I'm not just trying to make your life inconvenient. I'm trying to do this because I see a vision for our future where we're not carrying around this massive debt and we're not stressed out and our children can have that security and we can leave them a legacy like try try kind of reframing the conversation in a way that really speaks to her heart and just encourages her yeah and what i'm seeing here is uh, she would like me to be less intense well the other side of intensity is complacency and that's not somewhere we need to hang out very long because that is how we got into 148k in debt in the first place is just kind of wandering through our financial life and just we'll worry about hey that's a that's a future George problem. We don't need to worry about that right now. And so my guess is she's not very involved in finances at all because someone here is stressed and it sounds like it's JC because he's been crunching the numbers going $148,000 in payments adds up to thousands of dollars a month and we can scrape by right now probably because they have a great income if they can afford a nanny and take out and coffee. <laughs> I mean that's the American dream right there. 
But the problem is this is turning into a nightmare. Designer coffee. I've never heard of that term. So the question he asked was, should I slow down and wait until we're on the same page or keep pushing on my own? I don't think you should slow down. I do think you need to be on the same page because pushing on your own is just going to push you guys further apart. And you're going to have so much resentment towards her because you're over here busting your butt and she's just drinking her designer coffees and getting takeout. Well, and she's probably getting yelled at and getting, you know, kind of the brunt of the, you know, you're holding us back and this is not moving forward because, because, because. Um, and so, yeah, really taking that time to get on the same page. Yes. So, it's so uh, important. I think you, you know what to do. It's just not going to be easy to have these conversations and get somewhere. And part of that is she's got to understand the shared common language that you learned in Financial Peace University that gave you this vision that you now have to get out of debt with what we call gazelle intensity. So she's got to do that as the foundation here if we're going to get anywhere. Good luck, my man. That's not an easy situation. All right, open phones this hour at 888-825-5225. Christina, last week you co-hosted with Rachel Cruz, and you guys got a wild call. Yeah. It started to kind of make some waves out there. Can you fill in the (laughs) listeners on what the heck happened? Yeah, we got a bit of a wild call. Somebody called in. He has a fiance in Columbia whose mom has cancer and needs surgery. And we asked him how much money he had. He had $50,000 in the bank. And it just so happened that that's the exact amount that they needed for her cancer treatments and surgery. So it was a really kind of tricky call to navigate because he sounded pretty in love with this fiance. Um, and, and at the same time, it kind of sounded like a scam. So we talked him through it, just kind of walked through it, but we didn't call him out for the scam part on air, but we did call him afterwards to talk to him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I did not know this. Find out a little bit more information and just let him know that this could potentially be a thing. Um, so he has actually met the person several times. He's been okay. down there. She's He's, real. She is real. But at the same time, he does feel pretty hesitant about sending the money. He doesn't really know about the mom and if if her situation is really legit. She is, you know, she does have health challenges, um, but could also see her taking advantage of money. But Ooh. the more I've explored this, the more that we've, you know, really seen that this is a huge thing, this world of dating scams. It's a thing. I've talked to other people in coaching calls and in situations where people have been scammed by people um, who are just trying to get their money. And I think it's hard right now because on one hand, there are people out there who are desperate for money. And then on the other hand, coming out of the pandemic, there are people who are really desperate for love. Mm. Right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they want that connection and they want, you know, they want to feel like someone loves them back. So it makes them vulnerable for scams. So. I want to quickly call out a few potential scams that are pretty common right now. Okay, good. Make sure our listeners don't fall for it. Yeah. So there is an airfare scam where you meet this person online and they're lovely and they're from a different country and all they need is... X amount of money for you to bring them to the United States to meet. That's the way you do it. So you send them money for airfare and then they go, oh, shoot, there's an extra expense for the visa. Can you send that too? And before you know, you're roped up and do a lot of money and you get kind of desperate because you're like, this is my chance to meet the love of oh, my life. So <laughs> I need to bring them here. So that's one. The sudden emergency, which could potentially have been the situation last week where it's like, you know, there's a medical crisis. There's some type of issue with the family family where someone needs you know money to get out of jail which that would be kind of shady <laughs> but there's some big thing that they need this money right away or there's just the 
the typical expenses, like I'd like for you to buy me jewelry or pay for expenses. Um, but they're they're really good nowadays. Reading some of the examples and hearing from different stories, they're pretty tricky. These scammers and, are super manipulative. You right. may not even be able to catch it. I think, I think a lot of people think, like, I would know it. I would be able to sniff this out. But they, I mean, they're pretty sophisticated. So just a few important mentions. If you're potentially in a situation like that, if you're talking to somebody who's in a situation like that, you know, one of the biggest things is don't share your personal info. They do not need to know your address. They don't need to know, you know, your family's information, your social security number, anything that they can do to kind of put you in an interesting situation. Be really careful with sharing that information. And then biggest thing, sending money is off limits. Like, especially if you've never met this person in person, if this is somebody who, you know, you've just chatted with online or if you've only met them online, potentially you've met them in a Google Hangout, which I guess is a really popular place for scammers. Is that scammers. Where, where kids are hanging out these days? <laughs> wow. Yeah, but... I thought Google Hangout died a long time ago with MySpace. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but also be careful for keywords, like things like fate and destiny, like things that'll make you convinced that this is the love of your life and they're all in. Yikes. Those are kind of like a little bit of the like, uh-oh, hot, bo- hot button words. Yeah, so. anything with emotion and desperation, I'm going to yeah. go, red flag. Red flag. Hold, maybe we shouldn't Venmo this person $4,000. Or Zelle. That's a big one. That's Zelle a big is one. a tricky one. There's a oh lot of goodness. different scams out there, y'all, so be Stay careful. safe out there, people. And get ID theft protection, by the way. Yes. It's a huge one. Our friends at Xander offer it. It's super cheap, and man, I've had that I've had that happen to me. Not the whole catfishing dating thing, but just <laughs> identity theft, and it is a terrible, terrible situation. Well, thanks for the info, Christina. Glad we got back in touch with him. This is The Ramsey Show. right now you're hearing a lot of talking heads in the news stirring up fear about the real estate market and if you believe them you think the housing market will crash it's going to be a repeat of the 2008 housing crisis but you're not hearing the truth and you can't make decisions based on fear you need the facts and here they are simply put in 2008 there was a huge supply of homes not enough buyer demand so home prices dropped that's not what's happening in today's market right now there are half as many homes for sale and twice as many buyers That means home prices aren't going to go down anytime soon. They're growing at a slower rate. So you guys have seen asking prices come down and you're going, oh my gosh, it's a crash. No, it was just inflated because it was like at the height of Beanie Babies. We were all trying to sell the Beanie Babies off at $200 a piece. And now they're coming back down to reality. And so that's what's happening. Values are not going down from what they were before. So if you're ready to buy a seller home, you do not need to wait. You can still win in this market, but you've got to work with an experienced real estate agent. And we've done the hard work for you of vetting agents who know your local market and have the transactions to back it up. This is not Uncle Larry who just got his license. So if you want to connect with a Ramsey trusted agent for free, go to RamseySolutions.com slash agent and check out our endorsed local providers program. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Open phones this hour, 888-825-5225. You jump in, we'll talk about your life and your money. I'm George Camel, joined this hour by Christina Ellis. And Christian is up next in Los Angeles. Christian, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what's going on? Okay. 
So my question for you guys is that I had recently started a new job about a month ago. I'm a vet assistant. I've been working in the field for 10 years. It's all I've ever done. Now, I'm getting to the point where I'm realizing that I'm just not happy in the field anymore with what I'm doing. And I kind of want to start venturing out to go to trade school, specifically into like medical coding. And I think my question for you is that I currently don't have any debt. I have about $1,000 in savings. Would it be a good idea just to leave this current job and just go full-time into school? Because I do currently live with my parents at the moment. So, and, you know, they're perfectly okay with me kind of taking a break from rent at the moment right now. How long is this medical coding program? Um, it's about, I believe, 8 to 12 months, if I'm not mistaken. And do you know about how much time it's going to take you a week to do that? To do the program? I'm assuming it's a full-time know, program. Right. Yeah, I know that it's um, Monday through Thursday for the classes. Are the classes during the day or do they offer an evening option? Uh, they are during the day. Okay. Have you explored different schools that maybe potentially have an evening option where you could still keep that full-time job? I have tried to look around before. I think the, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me is that I kind of want I guess in a way like an out from the field that I'm currently in. Um, so that's why I'm looking into maybe just going to school full time so I don't have to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And I've asked them before too and part time is an option for what we do, unfortunately. So How much are you making right now? Uh, uh, do you mean per hour or per year? Uh, is it hourly? Yeah, it is hourly. Okay, what's the hourly wage? Uh, about 17 17 Okay, so you're probably yeah. looking at you're making about thirty four grand yearly, gross pay. Roughly around that range. Okay. Yeah. Are you open? Let's say okay, you, you want to be done being a vet assistant. Are you open to doing something else? Maybe you're a little bit more passionate about while you still work, or while you go to school. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and I have looked in that before too. I think the um, the hardest part for me, unfortunately, right now is just trying to really figure out. Um, you know, what other options there are. I'm currently 28 and I've been only working in this field since I was 17. So it is very hard to kind of figure out what else there is to do out there. Um, yeah, if, I, if yeah, I'm in your like, shoes, I'm thinking I'm going to look into a tuition assistance program. I'm going to see if there's any employer out there that would pay me while I still go to school, not only pay me an hourly rate or pay me a salary, but also will help pay for some of my schooling. Because I think it's great if you can continue to work while you're getting that trade school program certificate and also can right. help you graduate debt free. Cause that's one of the biggest goals is we don't want you to go into any debt while you're paying for this program. And also it's great that you're, you've got your parents' support because that's going to be a nice spot. You don't have to worry about room and board or housing or anything like yeah. that. But what's, what's the whole program cost for the 12 months? Um, for the 12 months that I saw, it was about six grand. Okay. And how did you plan on paying for that? Well, I was going to try and find part-time work in the meantime. Um, unfortunately, it wouldn't be through here, through the current job that I'm at. But, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of get you guys' opinion on the situation because I know you guys would probably recommend kind of saving up the six grand and then paying it as I go through the schooling. Um, yeah, we definitely want you it, to cash flow it. It doesn't mean you have to have it all tomorrow, but you'd have to have a, right. a great game plan to make sure we're not going to have to touch debt to do this. Have you talked to your parents about this? I have as well. Um, they're very willing to pay the six grand. I unfortunately don't want them to have to do that because um, they're both retired at the moment. Are they in a financial it, spot it, it to is, do it? 
Like, do they yeah, want I mean, to they be are, generous and gift this to you? Yeah, they are um, totally capable of doing it. They're not um, in any sort of debt. Or it's like, not going to um, put them in a bind, is what I'm saying. Right, yeah, no, definitely not. So why not allow them to be generous and cover your schooling? It's, I mean, six grand comparatively to what most people would pay for college is a dream. If I'm a parent, I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, right. And also there's the route of scholarships. Like if you if you don't want your parents to pay for it, you also don't want to work and save up the money. You could spend the next few months applying for scholarships and trying to get it that way. Just in a quick search, I found several scholarships that are people who, for people who are trying to do medical coding or get into the medical field in some capacity. Christina just did the homework for you, Christian. There's no out now. Now, I, I also would look into doctor's offices and hospitals and working part-time there, even in, in an administrative role. I almost guarantee you could make 17 an hour doing something like that. That would actually put you in kind of what Ken would call the proximity principle. You're already around the field you want to be in, even around the people doing medical coding. Have you thought about that? I have actually found a few positions that are for like entry-level medical billing, um, just to kind of get my foot in the door yeah. and do something like you said around it. And maybe you do it and you go, I hate this. Or you do it and go, I love this and I already have a connection. And now when I get through the program, they're already offering me a job. Right. That's how it works. Yeah, I talked to this this student who just graduated at one of the Building Wealth events. He was in the crowd and he came up and he said, Christina, guess what? He's like, I went to work at a hospital just taking like a basic, regular administrative job and they paid for me to become a nurse. Like I used their tuition assistance, went completely debt free, still made money while I was going to school. Now I have a nice savings account, a nice pile of money and I went to school debt free and I'm earning more money. So it's kind of like a win in all directions. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing what happens when you just do a little bit of research and have a little bit of hope. But the problem is there's so much pessimism in this space of just like, well, applying for scholarships isn't going to be worth it. I'll never be able to work enough to cover school. And so I'm just going to go to this super expensive school and just put it all in loans and I'll worry about it later. And my life's going to be way better off for it. Right. And we're seeing that people are not happy with their decision. They're regretting it. They're angry. They can't buy houses. They can't start families. They don't, don't feel like they can get married because of their financial position. Yeah. I mean, we've heard some stories and it's just really sad. They were promised a beautiful, bright future and it'd be easy to pay off the debt from the great degree that they would get, the great job they'd get Mm -hmm. after graduation. And it's a lot harder afterwards. And one of the most vulnerable spots, it's for people going back to school. A lot of people think, you know, they're not happy in their current job. And if I just go back to school, it's going to fix my problems. It's going to make me feel better. And I'm not saying that's with this situation, but there are a lot of emotions when you reach that spot where you're unhappy in your career and you want to go back. So it's always super important to, one, question if a degree is really what you need to move forward and to feel that change in your life. And two, how are you going to do it debt free? Mm. Like, because a lot of people get in that spot where it's like, okay, now I need to get an education at all costs and it's going to fix this whole I feel or this unhappiness I feel. And it might, you might be able to, it might help with the financial part of that. And it might help with a career change, but you really got to take the time to do it well and do it the right way and do it without debt. Yeah. I always hear Ken Coleman say, is it the right path? Is it the best path? And a lot of the times, if you dig deep, you really realize it's neither. Right. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just didn't like my job. And so I thought going to school would just buy me some time to figure it out. Yeah. Well, that's a real expensive way. You might as well just go to Europe and have a good time and just eat, pray, love <laughs> instead of going into debt to do this. Good conversation. Good hour, Christina. That puts this hour in the books. My thanks to the gang in the booth there, Austin, Ben, James, Zach, and Andrew, and you, America. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back with you before you know it.
scared to make a change with your money? Want to know where to start? Take our three-minute money quiz to get a plan you can follow. Go to RamseySolutions.com and search for Get Started to get a plan for your money.